Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. doing um, the, the talks over the last few weeks, we're, I'm going to give a, a real short um, talk or thought um, on the scripture today, and then we're going to actually watch a video that's uh, about 15 minutes long or so that ties into this theme. We're, we're on a series called More. We've looked at more peace. We've looked at more power. Today we're looking at more joy, and next week we're going to be looking at more hope. I want to start with a question for you, and um, it sort of relates to the question that Lorna asked earlier, but my question's this, is what um, is your most valuable um, or precious memory or moment in your life? Just have a think, 10 seconds, what is the most valuable or precious memory that you have um, that you can remember in your life? See, I'm, I'm 99.9% sure, so there's a, maybe a 0.1% doubt in me, 99.9% sure that the thing that you've thought of is in relation to people, whether it be a wedding day or a, a, a significant birthday or the birth of your child or whatever it might be, graduation, something memorable is in, is, it's about people, it's about relationship to people because when we're talking about more, these things, that, uh, this series, when we're talking about more, we're saying like you can't buy these things that we're talking about. You can't physically go to the shop and buy more peace, more power. And we're talking about you can't buy more joy. See, the thing that people um, are wanting more of, I believe, is connection. Is connection with others. This, I mean, I don't know if you ever look at like stats and stuff, but you hear them about like loneliness in our society these days. Like people are craving, people are longing for connection. It's what we were designed to do, designed to be. When we look at the, the, two, the first two commandments that were given, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself, they're all about loving people, loving God. It's about connection, it's about relationship. I believe that's really significant for us as we look at this theme of more joy. I don't know about you, but I want more joy in my life. I think in some, t- some cases I'm quite a joyful person, but I want more of it. I want more of what God has for me in my life. If you've got a Bible, I'd love for you to open it up. We're in Luke 19 this morning, um, looking at a very famous story. It's not going to come up on the screen because I've learned my lesson that I always put the text on too small and no one can read it. So just listen. I've got a great voice, so listen to me as I tell this story. <laughs> Luke 19, 1 to 10 says this. It says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, he saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste, came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw, when they saw this is the crowd, they all complained saying, he has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. 
Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and I have taken, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Zacchaeus, it's a famous Sunday school story, isn't it, that we probably, if we've grown up in church, then we probably know very well. Maybe you don't know this story very, very well, and we're going to unpack it just a little bit. So it starts off with Jesus. He's making his way through Jericho. We know that because it says it. And then it introduces us to this guy called Zacchaeus. What do we know about Zacchaeus? Well, we know two things clearly. We know, one, his occupation. He was a chief tax collector. And we know, two, he was a short man. He was vertically challenged. So what does that mean? What, does that, what can we take from that? Well, to understand what a chief tax collector was in those days, this is someone who oversaw all the tax collectors in their region. That's Zacchaeus' job. He would have um, overseen all the, the more lesser tax collectors. He would have probably worked very hard to get to that position. He probably... Um, did what he needed to do, grafted, put his career at the forefront of his mind. I'm going to get to the top of the ladder. But he was also hated. He was a hated man, hated by the Israelites. They were considered traitors because the tax collectors worked for the Romans. They worked under the Roman rule, getting the money for them, for Caesar. They also were known as, uh, as like lying, deceitful people who took a little bit of money for themselves. They got rich at the expense of others, of their own people. They were known as traitors. You see, Zacchaeus was a man who was rich in his wealth, yet he was poor in his relationships. He was isolated, he was lonely, he was hated, he was despised, he was cast aside. He didn't want to associate with him. He forfeited his relationships for the pursuit of money, for the pursuit of his wealth, and for self-gain. But I think he wasn't very happy. And I think we can see that by how he responds to when he knows that Jesus is walking through his way. You see, I think Zacchaeus was searching for something. He was searching for something. And he'd, up until this point, he'd been searching for that through wealth or through, through um, his occupation, through his title. Yet when Jesus comes along, I think something twigs inside of his heart, inside of his mind to think, do you know what, what I've been searching for hasn't been fulfilling thus far. And maybe this man called Jesus, because I'm sure he would have heard of who Jesus was, this um, miracle man, this man who accepts sinners, who accepts the least and the lost, the man who accepts the ones that are on the outside and brings them in. I reckon Zacchaeus knew about that. And he's like, well, if this is the real Jesus, if this is who they say he is, then maybe he'll accept me. And I want to see it firsthand. So what does he do? He runs ahead of the crowd. He runs, just imagine this short man running. He runs and he finds this tree because there's so many people around. Everywhere Jesus went, he brought a crowd. There's so many people that he can't see him. So he climbs up a tree. Now imagine that. Imagine that, this well-to-do businessman running. I mean, just generally, like running wasn't really a thing back then anyway. You don't run running ahead, climbing up a tree. Like that's him. He's drawing attention to himself. It's quite embarrassing for him, putting his neck out there. Why would he do that? Why would he go all that, to all those lengths to be able to get a glimpse of Jesus? 
I believe because he, as I say, something inside of him thought, you know what, maybe this is what I've been searching for. Maybe this is the hole that is currently within me that can be filled through this man. Is he really who he says he is? He was searching for something, but everything he'd been searching in wasn't fulfilling that need. And then it comes to this really poignant part of the story where we see that Jesus is walking through and he stops. He stops and he looks up at Zacchaeus in this tree. And what does he say? Zacchaeus. He calls him by his name. One, he knows his name. Isn't that amazing? That he knows his name. He knows your name. Even if you don't know him, he knows you. He calls him by his name. And do you know what Zacchaeus means? It means clean and pure. How ironic for a tax collector who is nothing but that. Everything but that. He's not been clean. He's not been pure. But he calls him by his name. He says, today I'm going to be staying at your house. Wow. This sinner that everyone knows is a sinner. Jesus is pointing him out and saying he's going to go and eat with him. Why? You'd be looking at the crowd and like, looking around going, why on earth is Jesus saying this? You see, Jesus is amazing, isn't he? Because he, he turns culture upside down. He's like, we're not, we're not doing it this way. We're doing it my way. This isn't how we're supposed to be. I'll show you how we're supposed to be. You know, and Jesus says, I'm coming to your house for food. I'm, coming for, I'm going to come and stay at your house. Now, I don't know about you, but in this culture here in the UK, that's quite rude. If I turn around to you and go like, come to yours for Sunday lunch. Great. Set me a place. You'll be like, hang on a minute. I'm supposed to do the inviting. He's like, he's, he's so forward, isn't he? And he flips it around like that. He flips it upside down. See, and also, Jesus is... This rabbi who people are looking at to, to see how are we supposed to live a life worthy to God. That's what they did. They, they were the example to everybody else. And Jesus is doing this, being countercultural. And people are asking this question, how is this man who we're supposed to be, he's supposed to be godly and supposed to be doing the things that God has called him to do and show us how to do those. And now he's doing something that's not acceptable by going to have food with a sinner. Because you see, the meal is so significant. In that culture, a meal was so significant. To go to someone's house and share the table with them, it's not just like us going out for food today. It's basically saying that I accept you. You're in. You're, you're welcome here. We're equal together by sharing this table, by sharing this food. You are a part of what's going on. You're not cast aside anymore. You're a part of this community. You are equal to me. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what they're seeing as the crowd. Yet Jesus extends this invitation to, Zac to Zacchaeus, who everyone thought was the most sinful man. And not only is Jesus teaching the crowd a lesson in, in his actions here, but he's teaching us a lesson today. He's teaching us a lesson. He's teaching us a lesson about the difference between gospel and religion. You see, religion says that you need to clean up your act before God is going to accept you and you're going to get to where you want to be. The gospel says, I love you and I, I welcome you in. And no matter what you've done in the past or in the future, I am still going to love you and I accept you. That's what Jesus is saying to you this morning. That's the gospel that we preach every Sunday. 
that Jesus loves you. Do you know that this morning? Do you know that? That you're accepted? And then later, Jesus goes on to say this. He says, salvation has come to this house. Salvation. What an amazing thing that Zacchaeus, who in some ways, I guess, was so far from salvation in everyone's mind, has now received it, has now accepted who Jesus is and what he's done for him and what he can do for him. And he's saved. And Jesus says that salvation comes to this house. And out of response to that, we see Zacchaeus' joyful, giving generosity. It's interesting, isn't it, when, when, they, uh, when Jesus invites himself to his house, how does Zacchaeus receive him? With joy, with gladness. Already, there's joy in his heart. This man, who probably wasn't very joyful beforehand, has got joy in his heart. See, you cannot encounter Jesus. You cannot have a face-to-face encounter with Jesus and not leave without experiencing joy. And I pray if you are someone here this morning that just needs a bit more joy, that you would have an encounter with him this morning. That the Spirit would speak to you this morning. And as I said before, I don't feel like we need to chase after it. He's there, willing and waiting for us to just allow it. And I love the fact that there wasn't any, there wasn't any command by Jesus to say, do you know what, you need to sort everything out before I come to your house? He's like, I'm coming. You're accepted. And it was out of that place. It was out of that place that then Zacchaeus was like, I'm going to be generous and I'm going to give back everything that I owe and more. It was out of that place, out of the place of joy, came generosity. See, love and generosity is like the overflow of joy. It's like the expression of joy in our heart. When we love on one another, when we're generous to one another. See, the money and the wealth no longer had hold of Zacchaeus. Jesus had hold of him. I wonder what has hold of you this morning. It may be something else, but we always want it to be Jesus. And we're going to watch a video just now. Um, draw your attention to the screen. And just to briefly explain, this is a, a story of generosity, of a family, a businessman, talking about how, he's, um, how his business, business has grown, but how God's played a part in that. And hopefully... He can teach us some some principles or some lessons about this life of love, about this life of generosity, um, which ultimately comes from knowing who God is, knowing who Jesus is, and experience that deep inner joy. So let's. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org/media.